for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. Uh, the church that I'm serving, small groups, is considered the foundation, or one of the foundations, or one of the pillars of this church. Uh, when I first entered the church, one of the older pastors, he used to say this about small groups. Uh, he would say that small groups, in the small groups, you'll be able to have a glimpse of heaven. Uh, that everyone who was involved in small groups, uh, they could see a glimpse of heaven in these small groups. Uh, it's a bit confusing, right? How? How are small groups going to give you that? Uh, this is what he said. He said, there'll be people that you like. You'll find friends, acquaintances, people that you know. Uh, people that might surprise you that they're in this small group or they're in this church. Uh, that you don't really know why or how they became involved in the church at all. And there's people that you're going to meet for the very first time. Uh, but they're also in the small group. They're going to be people that you don't really like. That, you know, you really want to distance yourself from. But when a group like this can come together and form a true community in Christ, I said then and there, you'll be able to catch a glimpse of heaven. Uh, today's passage, Paul goes on about uh, the early church, about the early church and all the disagreements that were happening in that early church. Uh, but he also speaks about the hope and love that we all have in Christ and where we can be able to find these things. And it's interesting that the hope and love, and though we could receive it personally from Christ, uh, is also connected, always connected, with the community of believers. That hope and love can't really exist on its own unless we're able to share it with one another. So with that, let's take a look at today's passage from Romans together. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 13. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul continues his writings to the Roman church, uh, the church that was often divided on the practices of faith. Uh, though they all believed in Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior, uh, because of their different backgrounds and because of their different experiences, uh, their faith was practiced in different ways as well. You know, some you had Jewish Christians, uh, some were Gentile Christians, and even among these groups, uh, there were also divisions everywhere. You know, it's easy for us to be able to point a, picture, uh, point a finger at the early church and say, you know, why were you guys so divided? You guys were so close to the time when Jesus was there. You guys were so close to all the apostles. Why did you guys have so many divisions? Uh, but the same things can be said about the churches that exist in our era as well. You know, it's not just about diversity in our churches, but in our church and in this history, uh, there could be a very divisiveness that exists everywhere. Uh, it could be something small, right, in the church. It could be something, a quarrel about uh, what instruments can be used during our worship services, uh, what color robes that we are able to wear, uh, if there could be a cross inside or outside of the church, or about the style of the church building, or about the dress code of the participants and the members of the church. It could be something small like that. Or the arguments and the disagreements could be something even larger in scale, about the practices of baptism, and how to pray, what we are able to eat, the order of worship. It could be many, many different things because, you know, we as humans, uh, we have this certain knack about finding things to argue about. Uh, and it's also very super important for other people, but it might be not that important for other people. And that is the point that Paul is trying to make in today's passage. You know, what I find very interesting about this section in Romans is that Paul never says it is wrong to have disagreements. He actually never says that it's wrong to have strong feelings about faith and strong feelings about the church. Paul doesn't say you got to give up your feelings, nor does he say that it's wrong to discuss them openly with one another. You know, he never says you got to hide what you believe or what you're thinking about. But instead, this is what he says in verse 5. He says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you could have all those things. It's not a bad thing to have all those things. But before you have all those things, make sure that you remember that we are united and unified in Christ, that we are able to come together with one voice and one mind and worship God over anything else, that before we have these certain feelings about what we need to do, we need to come together first and glorify God. That before we disagree, we must remember that we make up the body of Christ together. And in verse 7, he says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. This word accept here, it doesn't mean to just tolerate. It doesn't mean to just, you know, pretend to shake hands and just never uh, think about that person ever again, or just ignore them for the rest of the time. But when you truly accept someone the way that Christ accepted us, you're accepting everything about them. You're actually seeing them and welcoming them as your true brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. You know, we use that term brother and sister in church a lot, uh, but I think it becomes watered down perhaps because we use it too often. Uh, Christ tells us that we are truly brothers and sisters in him. And if you're able to see them first before anything else, before anything else, before getting into an argument as true brothers and sisters, uh, then it changes 
everything, right? If you're brothers and sisters and then we have arguments and disagreements, it's okay. As long as we have that order correct. If you really truly see each other and treat each other as brothers and sisters first, uh, then it's okay to have these discussions and these points of difference. You know, think about the last argument that you had with someone. Uh, not with a you know, spouse or anyone like that, but an argument that you had or someone that you don't really like. Right? You had an argument with someone that you don't really like. Uh, whatever it may be, whatever the argument is or whoever that person is, uh, think about that person for a second. Now, picture that person as your true brother and sister. And go beyond that, actually. Picture that someone as someone that Christ was willing to die for, that Christ accepted, that Christ was willing to lay everything down for, willing to forgive, uh, someone that Christ is actually serving this very moment. See that person the way that Christ is seeing that person. Does that change anything? Uh, hopefully the answer is yes. <laughs> you know, when I was teaching children once, and I asked uh, one of the kids, you know, who's the person that you hate the most or dislike the most? And the little kid said, oh, my brother. I hate my little brother the most. And I said, wow, who's the person that you love the most? And he said, oh, my little brother. I love him the most. You know, because I grew up with a brother, I could kind of relate to that. Uh, that's the relationships that we have as brothers and sisters. Uh, but what Paul is trying to tell us today is not about tricking our minds into thinking something positively, but to actually see the world the way that Christ wants us to see the world, to see the world uh, not just the way that we want to, but seeing it the way that Christ has leading us to, that we are not like brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are truly brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And we are only truly able to glorify God when that body comes together and is unified before anything else. Paul concludes today's passage uh, by quoting scripture back and forth in this amazing way to show that Christ came both for the Jews and also for the Gentile Christians, uh, that it was Jesus' will and purpose to be able to bring the nations together so that all could come and praise and glorify God. I want to end today's living life with the same blessing that Paul is giving us today. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's all come together and pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for giving us today's passage. Uh, so often, uh, we're often just thinking about ourselves and what we think is right and what we want to do. Uh, today, Lord, you remind us that all the things that you have given us, these blessings, uh, they're rarely just meant for me, uh, but it's a way for us to share with one another. Uh, Lord, help us if we have disagreements with one another. Help us if we harbor hate in our hearts. At this time, let us be able to surrender all of that down to you and be able to see each other as true brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, that before anything else, that we're able to truly see and treat one another as someone that you are willing to die for, someone that you are willing to forgive at this very moment. Uh, so help us to be more like you today and be able to uh, live in true harmony, not this fake harmony, but true harmony and peace with one another. And through that, help us to see the hope and love that you have for us this day and every day. Uh, Lord, we thank you and we love you and we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Cheer for the stepping in closer. CGM.